Dear Shooter, You have just come out of your favorite sporting goods store. You get into your car, carefully set your new toys in the passenger seat, and then gunfire, glass breaking, chaos. Now what? Today we introduce you to Barrett Kendrick. I suggest you ask him about a class. It's not about protecting the stupid. It's just, it is what it is. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a self-identifying llama. <laughs> and it, it's, it's because I oh. have a quick temper and I like to spit. You so. are not safe and you are not sacred and you're both liars. We're talking about firearms, y'all. Keep it clean. <laughs> I can hide one under there. One what? I don't want to know. I look like I got ran over by a tra- paint truck on the way to Sherman Williams and then backed <laughs> over by the short bus. You know, let's talk about the modern trends and transsexual transitions. <laughs> Welcome to the Deer Shooter Podcast. Deer Shooter is brought to you by WyoTech, empowerment through self-reliance, and by Lucid Optics, on target, under budget. And that means it's Thursday, and uh, the crew's sitting here today, and we have got Barrett Kendrick on the phone of Bearco Training, a um, guy that I've known for several years at this point. How you, how you doing, Barrett? I'm doing great. Glad to be on the show. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for coming on. We were running out of stuff to talk about. Well, you were. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I can add to it. Maybe I take away from it. Who knows? Yeah. So you're down in Louisiana. You run you're on Barco training, uh, but you're involved in a lot more than that. I know you've done a lot of stuff with USCCA and, and developing a lot of their programs. I have, you know, I worked as a, a consultant uh, for the training side of USCCA. I guess from about 2016 through to end of 2022, if I remember correctly. You know, they had adopted the uh, defensive shooting program from uh, Rob Pincus. And so mm-hmm. I was brought on as one of the uh, staff instructors from there and kind of worked with the USCCA for several years to help train up their instructor staff and kind of get training going across the country. Sure, sure. And not only did you do the, the pistol portion, but didn't you did just develop the rifle course too? No, that was not me. So okay. they uh, developed the rifle program in-house. Okay. I thought that I thought you were in on that. No, uh, you know, been teaching rifle stuff for years. Uh, but when they went and when they developed that, uh, that was kind of honestly when uh, myself as well as uh, Derek Poole and and others and Rob Pink has kind of stepped away uh, from uh, the consulting on the defensive handgun side of things. Gotcha. Uh, but they did develop the rifle program in house. So, it, you. With Bearco, and I know you guys, you and you and Derek do the PDN training talk every week. I think every it's month, every week. Yes. Yep. Yep. Oh, every, every month. month. Yep. Um, how's that been going? It's been great, and you know, I, I couldn't tell you how long we've been doing it at this point, but uh, I think that Derek and I have been co-hosting uh, the training talk show. It, I don't know. It's got to be three or four years you know, kind of going into it, and so we do a you know monthly uh, live show. Uh, video based, you know, bring on guests, uh, you know, obviously you've come on there and have uh, added value 
uh, in talking about optics and, and long range shooting and whatnot. So we'll bring on different guests and stuff. But now the show has been going well. Good. See, we don't do it live because I need time to edit some things. <laughs> he, he's well, a work in progress. It, we'll get him there. That's why your end product is going to come out smoother than ours. I'm like, oh, no, technical difficulty again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, we had some of those when I when I was on the show, and I can't, I can't even remember. I, 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 I think everybody on, on everybody's end, there was a problem. Right, and I guess, I don't know, I've come to accept it, you know, with live shows is – you know, no matter how, how many times you test things, you rehearse things, you know, there's there's Murphy coming in and, and joining the show with you. Now, I got to make note, you did not give him the disclaimer early before we got on with things to not do while you're on a podcast. I, I didn't feel it was necessary since Barrett has his own show. He kind of gets the sound stuff. So you made an assumption. I did. Okay. So Barrett, just for edification real quick. No vacuuming your house oh, yeah. during the middle of a podcast. <laughs> um, we f- think that's funny, but it happened. <laughs> well, all right, the good news is is I, I don't have a vacuum with me, so we're, we're good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Who was it? Someone had uh, played with their zipper the entire time they were talking oh, to us. Oh, that was, yeah. That oh, was Omari. That, that's some weird audio. It was definitely <laughs> weird. It sounded like he was clicking a pen the entire time. <laughs> yeah, it was it was headphone cord rubbing on his zipper. Ah, which made me wonder how he was sitting, but I I didn't ask. <laughs> well, with the rhythm he had going, what was he doing? That's whoa, what whoa, I, whoa. I, I didn't ask. Whoa, whoa, yeah, <laughs> easy there. None of us want to know. You 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 can't make fun of Omari because he didn't end up in the gully. That is right. You that can still right. make fun of Omar. <laughs> <laughs> So Omari, you know, Omari's last name is Broussard, uh, yeah. and Broussard is one of those like staple, you know, Louisiana names. So we always kind of joke that, you know, him and I are, we're, we're just, you know, we're, we're brothers, you know, we're brothers from a different mother, but you know, that we always say that, you know, Louisiana is his hometown. He doesn't really know it, but he's got to come here and find some delicious food and stuff. You know, when I, when I landed in Baton Rouge and I, we, I picked up my rental car. I, I, that was one of the few places I've ever been in the world where everybody could properly pronounce my last name. That had to be weird true. for you. It, it was weird. But, but no, it is. It's definitely it, true. We're it, good with weird names. Yeah, well, it, it, it's French Cajun, so duh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to always watch the news try to pronounce our different street names and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, we've got all kind of weird stuff. That's funny. So... It, you and I were talking a little bit earlier. Um, there is a constitutional carry bill going through Louisiana. Do you guys have a legislature, or exactly how does that work? We have a special session that's happening right now. And so our officially our legislature doesn't typically meet until March to June. Okay. Uh, maybe Excuse me, maybe actually even April to June. Uh, but right now there's a special session on crime. And so they have uh, brought our permitless carry bill during this special session and and attached it to, you know, what better uh, way to be proactive in fighting crime with being able to provide people the opportunity to carry guns concealed. And so uh, Senate Bill 1 is kind of making its way through now. Uh, It is uh, was put out by Senator Miguez. 
uh, Blake Miguez, uh, you know, some of your uh, listeners may actually recognize his name. He's been big in the shooting sports and competition shooting over the years, uh, but he uh, was elected as a representative of the House a few years ago in Louisiana and has now uh, been recently elected to the Senate side. And so he's bringing a bill and it is, uh, you know, this is probably our third or fourth year trying to make it work. Uh, by far, this is the best bill. And we have a new governor. And so we, you know, we uh, had it was vetoed here a couple of years ago. And so now we actually have a governor who's already gone publicly on the record and stated, you put it on my desk, I will sign it. And so very likely here within a few months, you know, we will have permitless carry and will become either the 28th or the 29th state to pass it with uh, kind of we're battling right now with South Carolina on who's going to be the next. So what do you think the top three challenges for that bill are? Ooh, uh, you know, over the years of fighting, I think the biggest the challenge is, you know, one is the training piece. It's the fear that if we allow people to carry without state mandated training, that, you know, all of a sudden it's going to turn into the Wild West and people are just going to start losing their values and morals and, you know, and just start shooting at one another in a crowd of people. You know, we'll hear it related to like the shooting that just took place in Kansas City, Missouri, you know, where 20 some odd people were shot. And, and somehow that gets attached to, you know, responsible gun owners uh, with with carrying. And, you know, and I talked about it, I actually testified today in the Senate, excuse me, the House Committee, you know, on it. And I'm like, look, we had the same fears back in the 90s with concealed carry permits, is that if we permit people to, you know, to be able to carry firearms on their person, that all of a sudden there's going to be the Wild West shootouts and you know, and here we are decades later, and it's like none of those fears have come true. No, fact, and the it, exact opposite. And, and if, they, if they really want some ammunition here, take it from the Wild West. Wyoming has permitless carry, and you don't even have to be a resident. Any, right, and anybody, that's how we're doing Louisiana. Yeah, yep. anybody legal to carry a gun or legal to own a gun can carry it on their person concealed with no permit. I'm pretty sure that if you show up in Wyoming without a firearm, we issue you one. We tend to, yeah. As you should. Y'all got, like, big, scary things out there, you know? They they, they will eat you. Is he talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> well, he said big, so that's probably not you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that ruled you out. Sorry, Randy. <laughs> I'm still scary. You are scary. <laughs> you are scary. Yeah, no, I'm definitely afraid of you. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard the way you shoot. <laughs> From a long ways away. From a long ways, exactly. Here I, mean, I am sitting in the safety of what I think is my vehicle, and all of a sudden Brandy's miles away, you know, and may have me glassed up. <laughs> I, you know, the, the, the nice thing about that, you'll never hear it, you'll never see it. I mean, you're just, it just be lights out. That is true. That is true. It's the, it's the, you know, that one thing that you don't have to worry about responding to because you're just not there anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you came no, out definitely. here, uh, God, what was it, July? It was July. And uh, It was over the summer. Yep. We, we had a good time out here, I think. We, we spent a week out at Tactical Solutions International running through the Recondo course. And that was a comedy of errors. <laughs> and you had to bring him out during the summer because this guy doesn't wear shoes. No, we made him wear shoes. But it, but it wasn't summer, and that's the thing. It's like I came out expecting summer, and I dressed for summer, and it really wasn't summer. I felt like it should have been snowing at night, even though I, I get it. It wasn't that cold. That's our summer. It was cold. That's summer. <laughs> but every, did I, you we die? All had to go get those big. 
Uh, no, I didn't. I had a great time. <laughs> I, in, I enjoy that kind of misery, except the cold. Which is good because your family dropped you off in my driveway and then left. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's like, oh, are you sure you're good? I'm like, I promise you, I'm good. I'm gold. <laughs> they dropped me off with promises on seeing me again, you know, later on in a couple of weeks in Louisiana. <laughs> I don't know. There was there was a couple of times out there it was a little questionable. <laughs> uh, that, true fact. There were a couple of times that, that I think everything was questionable out there. <laughs> that's that's kind of how they roll. That is how they roll. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it was uh it, it was good times. So, you know, there was times I thought we might be attacked by cows. You know, uh, there was time I wondered what attacked all the cows because there's bones everywhere. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're wandering around the middle of the night, and all of a sudden he's like, what the, there's cows. What do we do? You walk through them. <laughs> so was it a McDonald's cow or was it one of our assault cows? Because totally different. So I got to ask, attacked by cows, who put it in your head that we had attacked cows? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, you know, I've got all these stories like when I was young growing up and, you know, we tried to go cow tipping and, you know, we always hear how you know, people are successful and, and we never got near the cows. Right. Oh, They're Lord. always running away. And, and and then we're we're always afraid of the farmer coming out with rock salt. Right. And, and so here we are in the middle of nowhere after we got dropped off in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of the night. You know, we haven't turned a flashlight on in hours. And all of a sudden it's like, wait we're in the middle of a bunch of cows, <laughs> you know? So it's like, I don't know. Or, or I was expecting a stampede or something. Isn't that what happened <laughs> in Wyoming? Like a stampede of cows starts running at you? There needs to be more than three for a stampede, okay? <laughs> oh, there were way more than three. <laughs> I, there must have been thousands of them. <laughs> probably two dozen. Yeah, maybe a couple dozen. <laughs> Dude, they had names. <laughs> You're not getting a stampede. Well, they all had ear tags. I don't know about names and... Yeah, stampedes do happen, but I don't know the last time we had a fatality from a stampede. It's been a long time. <laughs> well, the assault well, yeah. cows in Yellowstone take out a few every now, year. Now, the fluffy cows are different. Well, yeah, I was going to say, those are big ones. Well, those are not right in the head. No. No, yeah. they are not. Well, so, and I think we can partially blame those taking out a couple of people every year because of the people that, you know, that, that try to do things like poke them in the nose while taking a selfie yeah don't do that for for years i keep saying that we need to come up with a darwin award specifically for yellowstone oh absolutely yeah no definitely when you you've got all the thermal pools and you hear about another tourist that cooked himself in the thermal pool it's like uh did, did you not see the steam bubbling out of it and, and a lot of that's not necessarily pure water so i mean there are other things in that that will eat you hmm so, yeah, the, the acidic content, the bacteria content, um, you don't want to go swimming in that. Yeah, there was a guy. I would not. There was a guy a couple of years ago that went into one, and he came out soup. They found his clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, yeah. It, that's how they identified him. His wallet was in his clothes. Hmm. So what do you got coming up on your training schedule? I'm looking at your website, and I, I've got to get past your mug to get to your classes. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm always slow to post my training calendar, my, my travel calendar. Um, and so, you know, what I am working on right now, uh, different locations, 
uh, would be uh, West Coast. Now, you know, each year, uh, Michael Lasargo is hosting me right there in San Diego. I may go back to San Diego, uh, but also uh, may uh, be doing it closer to Los Angeles uh, this year. Uh, or potentially multiple classes out there. Uh, I've got a couple of people wanting to host locations. It just kind of depends on interest. But uh, somewhere on the West Coast, uh, Las Vegas, uh, and uh, potentially the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and then out on the West, excuse me, out on the East Coast as well. Um, one of the classes I'll be teaching this year is kind of my uh, more of a, a parking lot violent geared, you know, course where everything takes place in the parking lot, the context of it. You know, we spend a lot of times in cars, around cars. There's a lot of violent incidents that take place, you know, around transitional spaces like parking lots. And so the, uh, the class itself will bring cars out on the range. There'll be live fire components to it, getting comfortable around the vehicles with guns. Uh, but then also we'll have a RBT, you know, component to it uh, where the students will have opportunities to run through evaluations uh, with uh, either using non-lethal training ammunition or airsoft, uh, probably depending on the environment, okay. uh, and uh, give them the opportunity to be pressure tested with the skills that they'll practice through the course. Good. So that'd be the big course that I'll be teaching more of this year. That sounds like fun, right? So I have two Absolutely. So I have two questions. Let me let me throw the easy one out first. Give me your thoughts on Temple Index. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's you know it's one of those things that is as a default it's just not needed, right? You know it's just it, it's something that I think is a default situation. You think about the large majority of, of situations with people in cars protecting their loved ones, you know, protecting their families. I don't need to put the gun, you know, next to my head to be able to get the gun, you know, out of the vehicle safely. Right. I can get the firearm out of the vehicle safely without doing something like that. Right. And so, you know, you can uh, you can, you know, talk about, well, in this situation, that situation, you know, this may be best. Right. To be able to, you know, put this skill into place. But it, it falls out of, you know, 99 percent of the context that, you know, that we talk about using firearms in for personal defense. Yep. Could not agree with you no, more. It, uh, and we see it being taught all the time. Um, yeah, because it, you know, because it's something different, right? It's something different. And it, I, I guess it looks cool. I don't know. I don't think it looks cool. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> you know, but okay, hey, so I mean, I, you know, it's how like much of our, I saw. A, how much a, of our training do we do uh, because it looks cool? A, a lot of it, right? Now, remember, <laughs> I remember an instructor, really, really well-known instructor. I won't throw his name out there, but, you know, he, I used to, I, I've taken several classes with him years ago, and I remember him saying, it's like I could see the words coming out of his mouth, you know, rule, one, rule number one, look cool. And, you know, and it's a really great instructor, and, you know, uh, but I, I, he always used to say that during the class, you know, make sure you look cool. Well, you know, safety third. Well, and you got to follow Save that up third. with suck less. Yeah, yep. Got to suck less. Look cool, oh, yep, suck yep. less. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, nah, but I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that gets taught out there, you know, because it does, it looks cool, but most of it, it falls out of the context of, of use. And I, I'm a huge on context. I right. really am. I like to, to narrow down and really, you know, hone in on, okay, what are we building the skill for? 
and let's make sure that we're setting it up like that, you know, in our practice and our training on the range. Right. Because if you can't, if you can't clearly define why, then why are you doing it? Exactly. Agreed. So exactly. And so, so my second question, and this is a little, this is more serious. Um, number one, what are you, what are you typically training when you go to California? And number two, how do you deal with their firearms restrictions? Huh. So, uh, interesting questions, right? What am I typically training? Uh, I've, uh, I've done both uh, defensive handgun and carbine classes out there. Uh, the, you know, bringing the, the guns out there is always kind of unique, but it's not the most unique state, you know, that I uh, teach in. Uh, there's states that I te- I've taught in that I can't even bring the gun to it, right? So California allows me to bring a handgun. It has to have uh, less than 10 rounds in the magazine, uh, and the gun has to be unloaded and locked up when I'm not at the gun range using it kind of a thing, you know, or potentially, I guess, inside the hotel room. And so it, as I'm traveling to and from the hotels or the Airbnb, it has to stay unloaded and locked in a container. And that's for the handgun, the carbines, the rifles, that it's, Dude, I, I can't even keep track of what is going on all the time with California residents and their gun laws. It's, it's crazy. It's like most of the people don't seem to care, you know, what it is. You, you see all kinds of stuff, you know, that people have at the ranges that they're using and whatnot. But I know that when I was traveling through there last year and was uh, bringing, you know, my, my rifle out to uh, Wyoming, you know, I, there was no other way except, you know, really no realistic way. I didn't want to ship it. And so I brought, you know, my uh, AR with me uh, and which included a road trip, you know, through California for a week. And, and you know, one of the things that I did uh, there is uh, they have a, uh, a, um, a magazine, TACMAG, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. No, but TACMAG uh, will insert in the AR and basically become a fixed magazine. And so the only way to load that magazine would be through the chamber, you know, of the rifle. Right. And so because it's a fixed magazine, now all the scary parts that I have on the gun, you know, such as a, a muzzle brake or, you know, a, a pistol grip, the foreguard, the, you know, whatever you want to call it, like all the scariness of the AR, all of a sudden they set aside all of that simply because it is a fixed magazine. And so, you know, after I got out of California, I used a little push pin to pop the magazine back out and convert it back to you know, a, yeah. a removable magazine. Yeah, I, well, and, and, and I ask because that's that, that's my dilemma. So I'm, I'm going to California. I'll be there for three days. And then I turn around and I'm teaching a carping course in Reno the following day. I'm like, how do I get my stuff without because all of my stuff's scary because I live in free America. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then the, the suppressor ordeal is completely different. Right. They don't allow suppressors. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm sitting here going, what in the hell am I going to do? <laughs> Other than I, yeah. I, I figure my solution is I'm just going to do all of my demos with student guns. Right, and that's what I've done in the past, uh, you know, with rifles as well. It's just using student guns. Mm-hmm. Remember when Mike came out here and you took his gun uh. and you made it Wyoming? You put a suppressor <laughs> on it and you fixed uh. it all up nice and he shot with it for a week. 
then he cried when you disassembled it all so he could go home. <laughs> yeah, I do. <did. laughs> I do. I, I have pictures of, of DeSargo crying when I returned his AR platform 308 back to California compliant. You still have oh, an empty Kleenex box on your bench. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Trophies. <laughs> no, and it's, you know, you've got like gun ranges, like Reno Guns and Range. You've been, you know, been there, mm-hmm. right? Reno's Guns and Range, you know, has rental lockers there that you've got California residents that own suppressors that like store their suppressor in a rental locker at the gun range across the state line in Nevada. Oh my God. That's <laughs> insane. That's, that's, like, that's actually, right? that's actually where I'm teaching the scarbing classes is Reno. Right. So, so it's, it's like, like they, they own it and they can't even take it home. They uh, have to leave it out of state. Well, and, 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 and the ATF does not, is not helpful with suppressors. I finally, I, I, I bought three and, and submitted the paperwork it was February 24th of 2022, and I finally got my last one about three weeks ago. They finally wow. cleared it. That was an e-file. No, you, yeah, and that was e-file. Have you seen the latest on the e-file, Form Force? I have not. They're getting, and granted, this is not receiving the stamp, but they're getting approved in like two to three days. All right, so I might have to I might have to get another one because I don't know what to do with myself without a suppressor in Hawk. <laughs> well, it's not going to stay in Hawk very long right now. I mean, it's you're you're receiving the stamp within like two to three weeks. Well, and I that's mean, that, I, that's good because I'm I'm tired of them maintaining control of things that I own. Right. No, exactly. It's like here you are paying for it, and a year later you get to take it home. No, it's silliness, but apparently the, the new norm is like two to three day approvals. I'll buy a suppressor tomorrow. Yeah, no kidding. Right. <laughs> no, try You know, I, I have not purchased a suppressor since like 2012, 2013. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, it's maybe time to go shopping again. Right. Good Lord. Now, I, I'll tell you somebody that I, I, I would honestly go buy a suppressor for is Michael Bain. He showed up to mm-hmm. a long range class and actually Rob came to this class. It was a couple of years ago. And he shows up with this JP brake on a, it was an AR-10 build that he'd done as a Wilson Combat. And I mean, I wished I was in the next county when he was shooting this thing. <laughs> I was wearing double ear pro and it was still ringing my bell. Oh, man. Yeah, that's when you, you have to Wyomify that right. I, I should have because I, I, I finally looked at him and like, Michael, how in the hell is it that you don't have a 308 can? Let's right? talk about the logic behind suppressors real quick. If they were invented today, they'd be mandatory equipment because they of the hearing safety laws. Yep, you're exactly right. Yeah, definitely. No, absolutely. Uh, but know, thanks to is. Al Capone and his assassin ring and interstate commerce, hmm. they are the evil piece of equipment. Right. That's right. And, you know, at least prohibition worked, right? Oh, oh wait, no, it didn't. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you corrected yourself because I was about to hang right. on your butt. <laughs> right. <laughs> At least the criminals have been following all the gun laws. So, oh, no, wait. They, they don't do that either. Hmm. Right. They don't. <laughs> and I tell you what, though, speaking of prohibition, let me pay some bills real quick, and we will be right back. The 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company, based in Vail, Colorado, high up in the Rocky Mountains. 10th Mountain is a tribute company to the legendary 10th Mountain Division, maker of fine spirits, including bourbon, rye, and vodka as well as being a generous supporter of the shooting sports and veterans charities. Support those that support us. And to make it easier, 10th Mountain is offering our listeners a discount. Just enter Deer Shooter at checkout 
for 10% off. Tenth Mountain Whiskey and Spirits Company. Whiskey worth fighting for. And I really wish that commercial was longer than 32 seconds because it's just not enough to refill my glass. <laughs> You'll have to re, re, redo it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's about, well, I actually did. I, I, I completely redid all the intros and the commercials and everything for, for this year's Deer Shooter. And, and all of the clips that you hear in the intro were stuff that we did last year uh, with some of the more colorful guests that we've had. <laughs> and we've had a few. <laughs> we, we, we made the mistake of leaving Tun Jones and Michael Bain uh, to do the podcast with none of the hosts present for like 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> and, it, and it turned out to be comedy gold. Um, and I, when I finally got back and, and listened to this whole thing, I, I called Michael and I'm like, what in the hell were you thinking? And his response to me was, well, none of my sponsors are on your show. <laughs> That's a valid point. I, 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 I couldn't argue with that. True fact. <laughs> so what else do you have coming up? Um, I know you were, I think you were in California when we had uh, instructor development in December. And I, sh I saw you at shot, but I, I didn't get a chance to catch up with you and find out what, what else you have coming up. Yeah, it's uh, this year I'm putting more energy into articles and video and you okay. know, things like podcasts and that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I just, uh, you know, I, I obviously I contribute to the personal defense network dot com and, mm -hmm. and will continue to do so. So I'll hopefully put a, a new article on PDN's website, you know, monthly. Uh, also just signed a contract with uh, guns dot com uh, to you know start. Uh, providing you know training articles uh, for their website as well and so that's kind of where I am right now is kind of just putting you know more content out uh, more articles uh, more video and kind of going that route okay now you're you're on the PDN training tour correct I am yes okay because I know this is my first year on it ah welcome aboard <laughs> So I don't know how many I'm, I'm this is my maybe tenth year. <laughs> trying to maybe get not that many. Trying no, to get the, the thought few. process here of how to get you out here and teach a um, vehicle course, egress from vehicle. You want to teach people how to get out of their car because they're bullet magnets. No, they definitely are. Uh, and so we're not talking like cattle cars or anything, right? No, no. actual automobiles. Well, actual automobile. I'm gonna because <laughs> that's a class I want to take. No, absolutely. Uh, would, would, uh, would we do it out there in the same area that we uh, did the Recondo course? We could. That range, we could yeah, we could do it there. there. Totally could. Yeah. No, let's, we can uh, absolutely figure out dates to uh, make that happen. Okay. So um, yeah, look at your calendar. I'd be interested. Although, I'll, yeah. I, I will tell you, like, you know, probably in the near future, it might be good to know how to escape from a cattle car. That, that is true. That, that is definitely true. And Wyoming is a good place to learn. I can probably get us in a train car. I'm in. <laughs> All right. We're going to move over to Coach Guns. Oh, I'm totally okay. in. You, we just, we just picked... I, but seriously, I mean, this is a guy that teaches that level of course, right? Right. Get him out here. Let's host a class. 
Let's do this. Right. Well, and, I, and I'll throw something out that, that Omari talked about when he was on the show, and, and, and Barrett like totally embodies this. Um, I- instructors on this level, they, number one, they never stop learning. Uh, they're always adapting to current situations. Um, you know, Amari uh, equated it to being a doctor, is that your education never stops because you've got to bring the cutting edge to your students. Right. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how many dozens of hours, you know, I logged in instructor development, you know, just in the past year alone, you mm-hmm. know, and continue to do so uh, in, in line with already got classes lined up for this year. Right. I, I, I'm I'm 100% with you. I've actually I'm in the middle of another instructor development right now. So it it just it never stops. Right. And then how many how many classes do you try to get to? I mean, I try to t- get to one or two a year. It just as a student. Uh, are are you still continuing on that path? Yes, uh, definitely so. You know, every single year I try to dedicate time, you know, as a student to be able to get out, you know, get some good reps, maybe learn some new stuff uh, and, you know, continue to sharpen my skills, you know, as an instructor as well. And, you know, and I've taken training classes every year, you know, as far back as I can remember. So what's on your what's on your hit list this year? What are you training? Uh, Chris Serino uh, is uh, really known for a diagnostics pistol instructor class. Uh, so he's got one uh, local to me. He's from Ohio, but he actually lives uh, in Louisiana now. And so uh, he will be uh, teaching a class that is May. You know, so I'll be in that course in May. Uh, I will actually be taking another uh, legal seminar uh, with um uh, Masada Ayub, you know, in August this year, uh, just actually went through Saber Defense's law enforcement instructor uh, course for chemical sprays, you know, went through a, a separate chemical spray instructor course here, you know, just a couple of months ago as well. And so, you know, I'll continue uh, to, you know, to take different courses. Some of them are firearm based. Uh, some of them are use of force. Uh, if the year goes correctly, in August, I will start an advanced uh, force analyst class through the Force Science Institute. And so it's kind of a more of a, I guess, a college level course. It's 18 weeks long, you know, a uh, few hours a day, a couple days a week kind of thing. Really, really, really heavy on material of jumping into all the science behind use of force incidents. So I'm already certified through the Force Science Institute as a use of force analyst. Uh, but this will be, you know, really, you know, going much deeper into it. Okay. Sounds like you're laid out. I'm feeling inadequate <laughs> here because I'm only signed up for like three classes. Well, I guess four. Well, and not every year is like this, you know, but the uh, past couple of years I've been, you know, really trying to put some focus on some of the stuff that is non-firearms based uh, that, you know, that I'm already teaching, mm-hmm. but I want to learn more and also want to, you know, officially assign certifications to it. Gotcha. And it's nice having that backing. Um, I, I, I run into so many instructors that the, the only thing they've got behind them is an NRA cert. And right. it's just, it's just not good enough anymore. No, I mean, it definitely, definitely. I mean, I remember when I took my, you know, NRA instructor uh, certification, 
I almost felt less prepared you know, to teach after that course mm-hmm. than I did beforehand. I, you know, and so <laughs> I'll agree with that because I went through IDS instructor development before I did NRA. And NRA was really kind of anticlimactic after going through IDS. Oh, I bet. My goodness. And that no, was uh, <laughs> just, just well, I mean, just the intensity of the course. Right, right. No, I mean, it's uh, one of them. You have the manual in front of you, you know, the entire time, including the test. And mm-hmm. you know, the other one, you were choking on a fire hose for a week. <laughs> that's that's a kind of a good way to put it. And uh, and then still had to prove yourself afterwards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just making it through the classroom portion doesn't guarantee you passed. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, as a, a senior instructor in the CFS program, you know, I've been in the position to to sign off on active status for with numerous instructors over the years. And, you know, I, I've had some hard conversations, unfortunately, in different times. You know, I've had to, you know, to turn people down from active status. And other times, you know, that, uh, you know, more successful, you know, with it. Sometimes people had to come back two and three times, you know, to really prove that they understood what they were teaching. Which brings me to a a question. I just want to hear from you. If you were to give some advice to somebody that's just getting into training, um, you know, hunger for knowledge, that kind of thing, how do they go about vetting their instructor? Uh, to me, it comes back, and let's circle back to what I said earlier about the context of the class, right? I think already if, you know, if the instructor is known to be like the super cool instructor for kicking in doors and room clearing, right, don't tell me you're worried about concealed carry and home defense and that that's the course that you keep going to, right? So choose the instructors that are really uh, building skills for the context of use and so if you're training for that worst case ambush style attack which most concealed carry you know style attacks would be at that point then let's let's start to ignore some of the competition focused stuff let's ignore some of the uh, team tactic stuff and really get into the i've been caught off guard and now i have to respond with a gun type of classes and I think that that's going to weed out, you know, a good bit of it. And then just with any of the instructors, right, just uh, you need to, you know, references are good uh, and and really, you know, uh, making sure that that person that you're choosing is also not stale in what they're teaching as well, is that they have evolved, they have uh, changed things, they have changed their minds on things and you know, and, and, and they have the ability to answer the why questions that, you know, Jason brought up earlier is that, you know, you've got to understand the why behind it. And there's got to be reasons for what we're doing. Right. So a lot of the times we see people, they're vetting their instructors based off military service and or law enforcement service. And for me, that's not necessarily the benchmark that can be an instructor. There's more right. to it and than this that. Is, you know, this is a, it's always a tough conversation, right? I, I didn't serve in the military. You know, I don't have a background in law enforcement, but I also have more, much more training, you know, than most people going through the military and most people going through law enforcement have when it comes to firearms and use of force for that matter. Uh, and so, you know, and it's, I, I have really studied personal defense training for many, many, many years. You know, I heard this uh, put out on the internet the other day, like, uh, and I forgot who said it. I wish I could remember. Uh, um, but uh, he said that 
uh, that, you know, seeking out, you know, your knife combatives instructor because he survived a stabbing is kind of like trying to seek out the, the person who survived a car wreck to teach you how to drive. Right. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't go hand in hand with one another, you know, and it, just because someone's had military experience, you know, doesn't make them a great instructor uh, on the same side, just because, you know, somebody has military experience doesn't make them a bad instructor, you know, but somebody has to have the knowledge and have the ability to be able to transfer that knowledge. And I've known some really squared away people that have resumes that are just so, so impressive you know, when it comes to uh, military, uh, you know, uh, forces uh, and law enforcement, but that also doesn't, you know, necessarily qualify them to be able to teach the material because they have to be able to transfer the knowledge that they have in their head in a way that the other students are going to understand it. So it's, you've got to have more than just that experience and, and with it. But I don't think, you know, the experience alone is, is what's going to qualify that instructor. It's going to be, does the instructor have a lot of knowledge on what they're teaching? And, you know, can they, can they help you understand it better? Uh, do they have uh, solid, objective uh, reasoning behind what it is they're teaching as well? Well, we see a lot of instructors say, do this because I said so. And when we get students in Jason's classes, for example, a lot of students are going, well, I've trained with a guy that said, do this because I said so, but you're the first person that actually gave me reasons why. And I think that is a huge part of the education process for let them seek in of this is what I need to be doing. Because just because I said so might be 30 years out of date. Right. No, definitely so. Especially when you get into, you know, the government side of courses in the sense of whether law enforcement and military, at some point the training doctrine was adopted and that's what gets taught and and you may have generations of instructors that are teaching that same material and all of a sudden you get down two or three generations and they have no clue you know why they're teaching what they're teaching it's just this is what was taught to them and you get a lot of well do it because i said so right you know this is this is the way we've always done it um, one of the conversations that I, I have a lot with students that, that, you know, they'll come to me because the same thing. I, I don't have military experience. I'm not, I don't come from a law enforcement background. And they, well, why should I train with you when, when this guy was, he was a police officer for 15 years or this guy was in the military for 10 years? Well, okay, their mission was different than you. They were trained to go in and catch the bad guy or go kill the bad guy. You're going to Costco to buy toilet paper with your kids. Yeah. Exactly. The context of use. Right. And it's, you know, if, if all of that experience that they had, you know, one uh, military specifically, you know, most of what's being taught is going to be team based. You're going to be able to do things because you have other members of your team that allow you to do them, uh, that drive the way that we handle the guns, drives the way that we handle things like reloads. It drives the way that we handle moving through, you know, a, a structure like a house or a building or anything like that. It drives a lot of that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, when you're out there, you know, shopping for toilet paper at Costco with your family, it's you. You know, it's, mm -hmm. you, you don't have someone to yell out to that you're moving or you're reloading or you don't have someone to look to the left while you're looking to the right. Right. It doesn't exist. It's you. And so everything, you know, is is it becomes very different from that aspect. And so, yeah, if it's they could have all the experience in the world, but it doesn't relate, 
you know, to that, you know, personal offense side of things with concealed carry or home defense. So how do you address the turning the light switch on of situational awareness? Because that's what we're talking about. No, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, situational, situational awareness, you know, it's, it's one of those things to me, it's kind of like talking about a mindset shift, right? Is that to a certain degree, you know, turning a switch on and making someone aware to, to their surroundings overnight. I don't really even know that that's realistic to think that, you know, we could do that in any re- repeatable, you know, manner. Uh, I think it's more of a over time, you know, someone has to be open uh, to uh, open to being, you know, aware of their surroundings, you know, or they went through something that, you know, that, that really hit them emotionally or physically for that matter. And they came to the decision on their own that they start needing to pay attention to their surroundings. Uh, but to me, it's an educational thing. It's, you know, it's kind of like the earlier today, you know, I sat through a, the training, you know, with uh, my, one of my, my older sons, he's 12 years old, uh, several other school kids, but we sat through a training with an attorney, a federal attorney for the Department of Justice, whose focus is on sexual predators, right? And through there, you know, he provided 30 minutes worth of information on sexual predators, you know, ultimately local to our area, and gave, you know, four or five real life examples of here's how these people groomed these, you know, 11, 12, 13 year olds. And here's how this girl died. Here's how that girl died. Right. And so that kind of education with those kids leaving there today, they're going to be more aware of, you know, that kind of threat. Right. And so I think that that from the educational side of it, it's that getting people out of the the bubble that they live in, that life is not always peachy. And there actually are, you know, predators out there. There are uh, sadistic people that enjoy, you know, harming others, right? The evil does exist in our world. And sometimes we can, you know, educate and, and get people to open their eyes to that. And other times people just have their, they want to continue to stick their head in the sand. Right. And, you know, and so I think that we provide that education, but at the end of the day, people have to be very open to it. And I think that that openness is more of a journey than it is a single class. That is the best example and edge of an answer that I've had to that question since we started this a year ago. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No, I, but I, I think you're absolutely right. Now, I think those of us that are training in the civilian world, I think we have an advantage there because most of the people coming to our class, they've opened to their minds to the existence of evil in the world. Um, and that's that's why they're there. Right. Um, but, it, you know, and I, th- I think the late William April said it best. You've got to make space in your head for this stuff. No, you know, exactly. I mean, you definitely do. But it's like, I mean, I study violence, right? Mm-hmm. You know, y'all study and understand violence, but not everybody does. Like I'm reading a book right now, you know, why, why kids kill, right? And it goes through the, you know, really the, the, the psychological side uh, of, you know, different examples of school shooters and, and why they kill. And, you know, we, we, we hear all kind of stuff thrown around when it comes to things like school shooters of, you know, different uh, psychotic medications they may have been on or they're bullied or this or that. But the reality is plenty of people bullied or bullied. 
plenty of people are taking Prozac, right? Plenty of people, uh, you know, fall into this category, that category that don't go out and murder others, right? You know, but there are individuals that are out there uh, that are sadistic, that are sociopathic killers, right? You know, that the evil does exist out there. And, you know, and my eyes are open to that, but most people aren't, right? Your eyes are open to that, but most people walking around in society just aren't. And they don't want to even, you know, they want to think about something like that. No, and it, so, it, it, I don't it, know. You, you got know? you got to overcome the normalcy bias. Right. You absolutely do. So we're, we're getting kind of down to it here. How do people get in touch with you? You can find me, you know, online, uh, on social media. Most of my social media is at Bearco Training uh, on like YouTube or Twitter, Facebook, that kind of stuff. But you on Instagram, I'm at Barrett Kendrick. And on um, TikTok, I'm at Barrett Kendrick. And so you can find me on all of those programs uh, and kick up conversations and comments or shoot me direct messages or shoot me an email, whatever. I'm available. Cool. So thank you for being with us. I'm going to make sure I've got all your socials and, and every way to get a hold of you posted up on, on the links to this podcast. And any parting thoughts? Get out there and train, right? And that's uh, so many people, they want the gear, they want the latest and greatest, they want to buy the skill, but at the end of the day, you, you got to get out there and, and put in the work. And so get out there and train doesn't have to be with me doesn't have to be with jason yeah but find someone uh, that you believe in the instruction and get out and put in some work couldn't have said it better so until next week guys keep blaming the gun <laughs>